Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Epiphany of the Lord A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you the Lord shines, and over you appears His glory. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba, shall come bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your judgment the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Justice shall flower in his days, and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The kings of Tarshish in the isle shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Seba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homage. All nations shall serve him. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor. The lives of the poor he shall save. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely, that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. 
Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Here we are, Kevin, continuing our Christmas celebration. So, yes. Merry Christmas Merry and Happy Christ- New Year. <laughs> so I get the Merry Christmas here. So Happy New Year. You wished me Happy New Year back at the end of November. I think Caught yes, me off guard yes, there. Yes, I'm yes, like, yes. what's going on? There we are with the liturgical New Year. And now, of course, we have a calendar. Calendar New Year. Yeah. Okay. So we just get to wish Happy New Year's a couple times each year then. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping me on my toes. <laughs> and of course, we celebrate the Epiphany of the Lord this uh, weekend. Uh, many of you will uh, take to putting the house blessing. This is a great weekend to do the house blessing. Uh, this is a reminder, uh, maybe be able to get some blessed chalk from uh, your parish. And then over the front, there's a number of blessings and prayers that you can look on online. But in, in general, it concludes with this that you would put over the uh, door of your house. You would put a two zero, then a cross, then a C cross, M cross, B cross. And that stands for... Uh, the tradition gives us Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar, and then across two two. So you have twenty uh, two thousand or twenty twenty two, and then in between that you'd have the CMB. So anyway, it'd be wonderful to have a house blessing that will mark your home um, as Christian. And what a wonderful blessing that is to have in your house. It is. And it can also turn into an evangelization tool. Uh, if you're standing outside having a conversation with somebody, they look up and notice it. Uh, yes. And it's like, what is that? Well, there you go. Perfect. That's right. Yeah, great opportunity. So, yep, that's yeah. very true. Well, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the first reading. So this, I wanted to provide a little bit of a, a background here. So uh, this comes from Isaiah 60, but I want to go all the way back to Genesis, okay? So in Genesis chapter 23, Abraham's wife, Sarah, dies. She was 127 years old at the time, and Abraham was like, well... I'm not dead yet. I might as well marry somebody else. So in just two chapters later, in chapter 25, Abraham married another uh, wife, and and her name was Keturah. And Keturah had a son, Midian. Midian had a son named Ephah. And then we hear in these readings, you know, dromedaries and caravans will come from Midia and Ephah and also Sheba. Uh, And Seba was actually a descendant of Israel and Jacob. So these are actually, they're not just some random names. These are actually family names through the lineage of Abraham. And these Magi had to travel a long ways. Midian Ephah is located, was located around the top of the North Sea, so about 400 miles away. And Seba was actually down in in the Yemen area, the Gulf, uh, way down the bottom of of Saudi Arabia and Yemen. So so these were long distances that they were uh, traveling for. But remember, again, this is a family lineage thing and the reason why they were called those names. So a little bit of a background. Well, the overall tone in this reading, you're going to hear this uh, as Isaiah shares the mystery, or the mystery, sorry, the message of a victory. And it's this victory that the Israelites are going to be experiencing as they are coming at the end of their Babylonian exile. And 
they were going to be returning home to rebuild their beloved town of Jerusalem. Isaiah tells them that the nations shall walk by their light. And this message was surely one of hope and encouragement. But this reading today, through the light of Christianity, when we look at it with what we know today, we hear that clearly this was a prophecy of the coming Messiah. And Isaiah's prophecy even includes details of the visit of the Magi to the newborn Christ child, how they will arrive in caravans of camels bringing gold and frankincense. Exactly. And when you talk about this, this was a a huge undertaking. I mean, think about the fact that... Um, the Magi first had to recognize a star, then they had to coordinate this trip. It isn't something that they just kind of hop on the closest Southwest Airlines flight and hop up there. There was a huge amount of coordination. Again, this was in different areas of Arabia. Um, they had to plan, they had to fund this. Camels walk really slowly too. <laughs> so, yeah. so this is something that they had, they made a very um, sincere and direct um, way of wanting to encounter and worship the Lord. And I think, think about how important that is. I mean, if you think about it, sometimes we get frustrated, you know, oh my gosh, we got Christmas Eve mass and I've got to dress up for mass and I got to drive, I don't know, 20 minutes. <laughs> what a hassle that is. Think about what they have done to be able to say, I'm going to put all this preparation and, and effort in to be able to see our Lord and Savior. Good point. If we really believe what we say we believe, then what's the big deal about, yeah, yeah exactly preparing for Mass and, and getting to Mass on and, time. And right? Isaiah says, you know, your heart shall throb and overflow. I mean, think of all still the joys that we can find through all these difficulties. So Good. well worth our effort. Good point, Kevin. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, let's move to the uh, second reading. Uh, this comes from Ephesians chapter three. Yeah. Okay. So according to tradition, St. Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians while he was a prisoner in Rome. And that was about the year 62 AD. And in this letter, St. Paul is very specific in defining the role of baptized Gentiles, specifically that salvation has been applied to all baptized Christians equally, and all baptized Christians share in the same promise of Christ Jesus. And likely, he did this the same way that we have encyclicals today to either clarify or correct some some dogmatic teaching. And um, there was possibly something going around that, oh, the Gentiles who were baptized aren't quite as good as those who were Jews first and then Gentiles, uh, or excuse me, and then baptized, because he does go out of his way to mention that the Gentiles are co-heirs. Co-heirs, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So St. Paul makes a point also about the mission of the gospel, that God's plan of salvation is for all people, both Jews and Gentiles. And listen to how St. Paul explains his part in all of this. First, he describes God's grace as a stewardship. And then he goes on to explain that the mystery of Christianity was revealed to him for our benefit. And think about it. There are countless hundreds of millions of souls that have been saved because St. Paul cooperated with the promptings of the Holy Spirit. After his encounter with the risen Lord, St. Paul dedicated his entire life to sharing the gospel message. 
we are called to do the same thing through the grace of God, and we should all pray that we never miss an opportunity to invite somebody to explore the faith and to at least be a good example of the light of the truth, right? Yeah, very true. And and you brought up, you know, kind of sometimes maybe the Jews felt they were still better than. This really is an epiphany. You know, we've used that term, right? It's, <laughs> right. An it's a manifestation of a truth, and of yeah. course, the truth of Christ as, as the Messiah and, uh, you know, in the uh, catechism, this is in chapter or paragraph 528, it kind of talks to that, again, that co-heir and how they're on the equal footing. Uh, and it says here, the, the Magi's coming means that pagans can discover Jesus and worship him as son of God and savior of the world only by turning towards the Jews and receiving from them the messianic promise as contained in the Old Testament. So it talks about you still turn to the Jews because they have you know, salvation is from the Jews. The Messiah is is a Jewish. Jesus is our Jewish Messiah. Turn to him, and then you can also worship him and be a co-heir of the kingdom of Christ. Now, how beautiful that is. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move to the gospel today. We had a great gospel with Herod and the Magi and stars and everything else, didn't we, Carla? Man, yeah. And what I'm picking out here is the the contrast between the way that King Herod responded to the news about a newborn king and the way that the Magi responded. You know, King Herod plotted to destroy what he saw as a threat to his power and glory. But the Magi journeyed out in search of what they believed to be bigger than their own power and glory. And that contrast that we see between King Herod and the Magi continues to be present in our world today. There are those who, like King Herod, see the truth of Christ as something to fear because it poses a threat to their lifestyles. It means they're going to have to change their lifestyle, and it means they have to stop being their own God, making up their own rules of right and wrong, and it means they need to surrender to a greater power, the rule and majesty of Christ the King. And then there are those who, like the Magi, are willing to make great personal sacrifice, no matter what the cost, and they will continue searching for the truth. And just as with the Magi, that search will eventually lead them to Christ Jesus. Exactly. So we see how the Magi were changed by the encounter with Christ. The question we want to leave you today is, how are we willing to be changed when we encounter Christ? Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. 